Thanks for tuning in to the High School at 12 Stone Church ministry podcast. Let this message be a source of truth and encouragement. Let's lean into this week's message.
my life. I love stuff. Like, if you were to ask me my three favorite days of the year, of the whole year, I would give you one, which would be Christmas. Anybody excited for Christmas? Anybody excited for Christmas? I'm going to thank you. Okay, I'm not the only one. Okay. Two would be Father's Day because I have two little ones and I'm a father. So uh, Father's Day is big. Um, but the number one, the number one, my favorite day is my birthday. Why? Because I get stuff. That's right. You're with me tonight. I love it. Yes, I get stuff. In fact, I have a confession to make. And once I confess this, I don't want nobody judging me. I don't want nobody looking at me crazy. I feel like I'm safe with you guys. I can be honest with you. Okay, I'm that guy who takes my wife's calendar, the little calendar that she has for the year, puts it in her purse, right? I'm that guy who you may or not, may or may not, if you go to the month of April, which is my birthday month, shout out any April babies in the house, um, April 27th to be exact, just keep that in the back of your head just in case you want to be generous to me on my birthday, April 27th. Uh, don't forget it. Uh, it's actually in the program. Um, but I am that guy who will let my wife annoyingly know how many days she has until my birthday. Right? You get what I'm saying? Like, I start off the April 1st, and I say, hey, babe, you got 27 days until Cameron's birthday. Okay? And then so on and so forth. Even past April, I'm, I'm that bad. Past April, like in May, if you look in May, you may see a note in her calendar that says, hey, if you're reading this, um, it's not too late. You can still give me something for my birthday. I will accept it. gifts of all kinds, all seasons. It does not matter, right? I am, <laughs> I am that guy because I love stuff. I love when people are generous to me. Now, it's not always that easy to be generous to other people. Now, we can admit that it's difficult, that it's hard, right, to be generous to others. And I think the biggest reason why it is so hard to be generous is literally one word. And that word is mine. Say that word with me. Mine. This word and this word alone is the reason I believe that it is so difficult for us to be generous. And it's a word that we have instilled in us pretty much since birth. Like, I have two little ones. And I can testify without a shadow of a doubt that nobody has to teach you how to be selfish. Hello? No. Okay, nobody. You see, okay, now, these are my two little ones. Now, save your oohs and ahs, because these little kids are minions. You know what I'm saying? Not the good kind, okay? Like, that's my three-year-old Jaden. He's my oldest son. He's my baby boy. He's three. He'll be three in January. And that little cute, precious, beautiful, oh, bundle of joy, big brown eyes, that's Miss Ava. She just turned one, and I don't know how to handle it at all. Like, that's my baby girl. I'm going to put her in a box or a bubble and keep her there forever. But like I said, do not let them play fool you. They are little minions. Really bad. I mean, like, into everything, digging stuff out of the door, slapping each other, scratching, crying, running around. Like... Ava is the ringleader, even though she's the youngest one. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Like, she's walking now, so that means she's into everything, which means she's into Jaden's toys, and he does not like that, okay? But she is not just into his toys. She makes it a point to rub it in his nose that she has his toys, right? She will take something that he has, will walk around, show it to everybody, show it to me and my wife. 
right here. I just want you to see that I have this. I have obtained this from the treasure chest. It is mine. And she will do silly things like literally beat him over the head with it. Like, I have your toy. I have your toy. You're not getting it back. And he loses his mind. Do you understand? Now, most times we can handle it, right? We can handle it. But this one instance, <laughs> he had enough. He said, that's it, okay? Now, his most prized possession is his drumstick and his microphone, and he loves music. So, yes, he does. He takes after me. It's, it's one slash four. But some kind of way, Ava gets her hands on this thing, right? Now, Dave's not paying attention, but something goes off in his head, right? It was like a radar. It was just, and he just, he froze in the middle of whatever he was doing, and he turns to Ava, who's just walking around all bow-legged with his drumstick, and he goes off. I mean, he sprints a 4-2-40 right at her. And I, I, when I tell you he hit her with the force I've never seen before in my life, all you heard was him running and screaming, and boom, knocked her completely over, grabbed his drumstick, and scurried off. Now, now, <laughs> I saw the whole thing. I was shocked, of course. But if you're going to ask me if I ran after him immediately, no, no, I didn't. Because um, I saw what he just did to her. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be next. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so I know you're saying, okay, Cameron, uh, he's little. You're uh, his dad. You're a grown man. But you didn't see how hard he hit her. You did not see how hard he hit her. Like, I didn't want to be next. Like, how am I going to console her if I'm crying too? You get what I'm saying? Okay. So once I let him calm down, I go to my son and I said, Jaden, what's the problem? Why are you so upset? He goes, because it's mine. She took my toy. It's mine. Why she playing with it? I don't want to have it. And I said, son, listen, listen. You got it all wrong. That toy ain't yours. They're mine. And I let you borrow them. I let you have them for as long as I feel like you should have them. So, in return, if I say share, then that's what we do because Love you. Be blessed. Go ahead. Scary off. And that's what I told him because that's the truth. The truth is we all have to learn that, right? And it's in us from an early age to have this mind mentality to be selfish with our things and, and, and pretend like everything in the world is ours, right? And it doesn't stop when we're kids. It may seem like it. It just grows into other stuff. It transfers into our money, our, our clothes, our shoes, our, our, uh, our cars, the things we, we obtain gifts we get, it just, it just translates to something else. We never fully outgrow this. But tonight, tonight, I believe that there will be a shift in our perspective. I believe that tonight, if you guys lean in to what we're about to talk about tonight, that there will be a shift in your perspective, that you will live with a God mentality and not just a mind mentality. So I want you to grab your Bibles and I'm going to show you how to do just that. We're going to be in 1 Chronicles, chapter 29, verse 10. Now, as you guys turn there, I think, I believe that's page 427. If you have those Bibles under your seat, page 427. We're going to be in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10 through 11. So as you turn there, I'm going to give you guys a little backstory, okay? So, this is about King David. King David is enlisting the help of certain people to help him build the temple of God, right? And not just anybody, not just anybody. He is enlisted the help of commanders and chiefs, 
like officials, wealthy, prominent, successful people to help him build the temple of God. Because he knows that without God moving on their hearts, there is no way that they can build this temple without God. So in verse 5, he says, now who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? And that simply means who is willing to dedicate their lives to the work of the kingdom? Who is willing to do that amongst you today? And the craziest thing happens is David begins to continue to speak and all this wisdom comes from him and he's speaking about the kingdom of God and what it means to build this temple. These very important people, these very wealthy, important people decide to give. They give freely of their things. And I'm not just talking about a couple of nickels here. I'm talking about gold, silver, precious jewels like that. They gave freely to this task of building the temple. And it says the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders. For they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And David the king rejoiced greatly. Now, if you take a note, I want you to write this down. That David and his people didn't have mind mentality. David and his people had a God mentality. They did not have a mind mentality. It was a God mentality. And 1 Chronicles 29 verse 10 says that David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our Father of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. See, David knew that everything that he had been given, everything that he had had been given to him. And he prompted himself in a way that reflected what he felt and knew as far as the truth about God. In verse 16, it says, The Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple, for your holy name comes from your hand, and it all belongs to you. See, here's one of the things I think we can learn from David. If you're taking notes, write this. It says, the posture of your life towards God reflects how much you're willing to give of your life back to God. The posture of your life towards God reflects how much you are willing to give of your life back to God. It's all about posture, guys. It is all about posture. And I believe that the posture that we are to have as believers in Christ is one of open hands. Now, you're probably saying, Cameron, what, what does that mean, a posture of open hands? Well, a posture of open hands simply is this. It's not everything. It's this. This is a posture of open hands. This says that, God, whatever you give me, whatever you entrust to me, I do not hold it as if it's my own. I do not take ownership over something that you own. God, I will give it freely to those that you direct me to give it to. My life is not my own, God. It is yours. And everything you've given me is yours. And I will live with open hands to bless those around me, to enhance the kingdom of God by what you've entrusted in me. That's what a posture of open hands does. Now, that's countercultural to what we see going on in the world today. The world around us today doesn't live like this, does not live with open hands. The world around us today lives like this, with clenched fists, as if everything is mine, every man for himself, 
right? Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? You've heard the cliche that God helps those who help themselves, right? That's, that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible, guys. In fact, the point of the church is to help those very people who cannot help themselves. And the way that we do that is by living generously and with open hands, giving freely because we have received freely from God. So, the best way to understand, the best way to understand how to have this God mentality, how to live with open hands, the way we can understand it, potentially, is if we look at Psalm 24, verses 1 through 2. I think they put it up on the screen, but on the uh, screen here. Psalms 24 says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Everything on earth is God's. He entrusts us with it. He is the owner. We may be in possession, but he is the owner of it all. And if we embrace this, if we embrace this, it will help us lead this generous life that you're supposed to be seeking. See, living in a mind mentality will not lend actions for a generous life. But living in a God mentality will lead to a generous life. So let's embrace this. Because if we do, if we embrace that everything in the earth is God's, we live with open hands, giving generously because we have received generously. We have been given a gift, that gift of Jesus Christ. The life that he lived, the life that he gave up for you, for me, on the cross, for our forgiveness of our sins. If we keep that in our hearts, if we embrace that, if we lean in until that truth, guys, it frees us up. It enables us to live with open hands, open hearts, giving what we have been I believe that the greatest example of this is not King David, although King David did get it right. He did get it right. He had this posture in his heart to give generously. Our goal, our ultimate goal is not to live like King David. Our ultimate goal here on earth is to live like Jesus Christ. He is the one who had it perfect from beginning to end. He is the one who lived a sinless, a sinless life. And by his death and resurrection, we are healed. We are free from shame and guilt. We have forgiveness. That's good news. And that's who we are to live like. Now, one of the most quoted scriptures in the whole Bible is talking about Jesus through and through. And generosity is woven all in into it. And I want to read this with you tonight. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 11. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Now, I'm going to pause right there. Do nothing out of vain conceit. That means whatever we do give, whatever God puts on our hearts to give, we're not looking for attention. We're not looking for a pat on the back. We're not looking for people to acknowledge us as good people. We simply give because we have received. We do nothing out of vain conceit. Nothing out of vain conceit. In verse 5 it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature, or the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. 
Rather, he made himself nothing. That means he humbled himself. He came from heaven to earth to take on the form of flesh, to live a perfect life so that we would know what it looks like to live like Jesus, to have this God mentality. He made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Verse 9 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now that's what generosity looks like. Generosity is giving without missing feet, without leaving a past bag, simply giving because it's, it's what your life comes to prove. God, Jesus, gave us freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from guilt and shame. And we are to do the same stuff because of how he loved us, because of how he came for us. That's what we're called to do. That's how we become the church. See, this church, the church is not these four walls. Guys, the church is you, the church is me. We are the church, and we are called to build his kingdom with generosity and love. We are called to give ourselves away without needing repayment, without needing anything in return, because that's what our Savior did. And I think that it is no coincidence whatsoever that when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, for your sins and mine, he did it without just coming and opening as if to say, this is how much I love you, and this is how much I give to you. I give you everything. I give you all of me. Take freely. That's how we want to live. That's our inspiration, guys. What do you want to be known for? That's the question for tonight. That's what I want you guys to think on as you go home, as you're at school, as you come back next week. What do you want to be known for next? Guys, because we are known church that lives open-handedly, that gives itself away generously and freely because when we receive generously and freely, we look to the interests of others, not our own. We love others as we love ourselves, and we carry that out. Imagine the impact that it would have on our world, this nation, this country, your school, your city. Imagine the impact it would have if we, all of us in this room, decided to live this way.